Hello, welcome back to a brand new episode of the 13th Man Sports Live Show. It's Shane alongside Frankie. I hope you're all having a wonderful week so far. I know we missed you last week because uh, Frankie had a migraine and then I ended it was up bad. having... It was bad. Yeah, I also had a long day at work and I was not feeling well afterwards. Uh, so unfortunately we missed you last week. But this week we had an action-packed uh, episode starting with some news that we released uh, during the weekend Uh but Frankie, that's all you. So I'm going to let Frankie introduce who our first guest is and what we're going to be talking about. Well, I mean, first up, got to say thank you to Nick to uh, for making everything so easy. Uh, I kind of figured it would be considering Nick and I have been friends since like 2013, I think it was. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of the, the next obvious kind of deal that we did to kind of bring our two things together basically uh so if you didn't see our news we announced that we'd be partnering with hot seed racing league uh and their f1 and f2 series which is an esports league uh done through f1 2020 on xbox so uh nick we can i guess we can add you here is he there i can't i can't see I, i'm still sharing stuff oh there he is there's the one going on how you guys doing Doing good. We're good. Thank you for joining us today. I know you and uh, you and Frankie have been talking about this for a while. So seeing it, to be fair, I'm mean, gonna just try to say it. Like he told me that he was working on it, wasn't telling me anything else. He's just like, oh, yeah, this is happening now. I po He didn't even tell me before he posted it. I just looked at my phone and I'm like, what? <laughs> so yeah. Like Frankie was just like, I'm just gonna post it and he'll see it when he sees it, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean. What, what else was I supposed to do? I mean, <laughs> oh, no, I, attacks, like, hey, this is what's happening. Well, this sounds like a problem that we discuss afterwards. But you know what? Honestly, um, Nick, welcome to the show. You've, you know, we've done shows together in the past that, you know, kind of failed out, I guess. We're not really doing them anymore. <laughs> but um, welcome to this one. This is your first time here. Yeah. Uh, so first things first, Nick, although I know basically everything about this league already, um, talk to us about it. So Hot Seat Racing League is something that's my my friend and I, Justin, as you know, Justin started back in December. And this is to, we started this league because we wanted clean and competitive racing. We start we tried doing it once before. It failed miserably. We were relentlessly trying to get into to F1 leagues. We were kind of getting into F1 together. So we were trying to explore some leagues, get into stuff. And we didn't like any of them. None of them gave us what we wanted. So one day we just said, all right. It's time to make our own. So we, we value clean and competitive racing, and it has blown up, dude. We have so many people in there. Such a good community there, for real. It's so fun. So I, I guess, I, I don't know. Like I don't I don't really know what, what we need to talk about because everything in my brain makes sense, right? There's nothing that I'm really needing to, to figure out. But I guess I, let's start with the very basics of it, okay? Like let's, let's go over esports – in itself a little bit, I guess. Like, what do you, I know you have a, a pretty pro esports stance, but I don't know what, like explain why. Well, me personally, I know Justin can probably relate to me in a little bit here, but I have been a big advocate for esports since this whole pandemic even started, because obviously, as many of you know, esports has blown up since the pandemic started. So, you know, with MLB moving to virtual stuff with even NASCAR doing the pro invitational stuff on iRacing and F1 getting involved in the, the um, what is, what is the, what is their series called? Is it just F1 esports? I can't remember uh, what it's called, but I don't know. But you get my point. They're doing, they're doing virtual races and they're doing a bunch of different series. So, and, and I find sim racing specifically to be a way for people who ne can't necessarily afford getting into real racing because as we know, cars and starting racing teams are ludicrous amounts of money. So to be able to get involved in sim racing is a much more affordable way for people to race. So to be able to have a community like that for people to come and join and just get together, you know, crack some jokes and come together each weekend and race. That's something I really value, you know, very value. And I mean, I, I, I agree with that. Like I, you were the one that got me into formula one. You know, I didn't, when I started racing, uh, I didn't know the front wing from the rear wing, basically. So I think the fact that we're going to have a Formula One conversation uh, immediately after this 
uh, is kind of mind blowing to me just because like, I didn't know anything. If you would have told me that we'd be having this conversation, I don't know, eight months ago, I would have thought you were an idiot, but, but well, um, look back at our little deal we had, right? How you got into F1. Yeah. Our actually, little that's, deal, that's a little trade. Uh, <laughs> Nick bought Madden, which costed him what? 40 bucks. Yeah, it was on sale. But the deal yeah. was you buy F1, I buy Madden, and we have some to play and together. I played I a whole three games on Madden, and now here you are with a whole racing rig and everything. What is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's immediately behind me is about $1,300 worth of equipment yeah. that to go against your 90. But um, explain, like, explain the, basically the basics of your league. Like, how does it work? Uh, what makes it tick? And, and, you know, what kind of things do you need to be able to do to get into it? So, Hot Seat is a weekly racing series, so we race every week, as you said, on F1 2020, and we start up a lobby, and we take the, the standings and results from that. Um, everything is managed through Discord, so if someone wanted to, to get in touch with us or get involved in our league, all they have to do is go to our social media pages, preferably Facebook, at Hot Seat RL, and just send us a message on Facebook, and we can send you the Discord link, and they can get involved there, and... From there, once you get into the Discord, it's just a matter of messaging one of the admins, which is myself or Justin, as you get in there, and they're easily stated as admins. And um, yeah, I mean, right now, our two series are pretty much full for next season. We only have a couple spots for F2. I know we're still trying to work out um, the lineups for F1 and F2 right now, but um, there are definitely a few spots. So if people are interested in joining, they're more welcome to do so. But even if they don't necessarily have the time to do weekly racing but they're looking to get involved in esports or just competitive racing people are more than welcome to message us on facebook get a link to the discord and just hang out in there because we do a bunch of community races here and there that are weekly or every other week we kind of just pop community races in there every now and then for people to join in so one of the things too that i think is probably the most impressive about the league and i, I think everybody kind of feels this way is uh, kind of the sense of international family in a way. You know, we got people from, I think, almost every continent in the world now, right? Just about, yeah. I think it's like 12 or 13 countries altogether from when we started, yeah. Yeah, you've got North America, South America. Uh, no, actually, no South Americans. But, no, not yet. Um, like, you're still looking for that. How do you think that, you know, your league lends itself to be able to do that when others don't? Well, I think the, the thing that differentiates us is when we started the league, Justin and I, it wasn't even uh, a question of do we want to make this a regional league or not? It was just how do we make this league work for everybody, like all together? Because most leagues, if you look on, in, in different Facebook groups, are this is a North American regional league or this is a, a British league or whichever. But when we started it, it wasn't even – there's Justin. See, he's, he's tuning in. But – he I'm wasn't sure invited, he, by the way. I, I'm sure he can call me out on something if I'm saying something wrong in the comments. But anyways, like it wasn't even a, an issue of, you know, do we want to make it regional or not? We just said, all right, what's going to work for everybody? We try to pick a day and time that will work for everybody around the world. And that day happened to be on the weekends. So Saturdays is our F1 race and Sundays our F2 race. They're both at three o'clock Eastern U.S. and eight o'clock U.K. So, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know how it all worked as well as it did for everybody, you know, around the world to be able to, to get involved. But I think a lot of things had to go right for it to actually work. And we're just fortunate that it did. So it works for everyone except the Australians, which one Australian. One Aussie tried to get in and he found out the race times were five in the morning for him. So he <laughs> said, that's not going to work for him, but you know, we did, we did as much as we could. So <laughs> I, I kind of want uh, people to get a sense too of, uh, basically how your race days work. I mean, from qualifying to the actual race itself, to the stewarding system afterwards, uh, you know, to standings, all that stuff, just kind of run that down for us. Yeah. So we try to align things as best as possible with how the actual F1 series does it. And there's obviously some changes there, but from the start, when we, at, at, three o'clock Eastern time when our races start, it's we send out invites to everyone who's checked in to the race, which you do through discord. We do our 18 minute qualifying session and it's all of this is streamed by the way. I can go into that a little bit later, but uh, 18 minute qualifying session, you put down your laps and then we have a bit of a 30 second break in between the qualifying and the race. And then we get right into the race. We pull the results afterwards and then we wait till next weekend. But um, it, it's a lot, 
simpler once you get involved to it. Once you get signed in, the race itself goes very smoothly. We are always sending out invites and make it easy for them. But then afterwards, we do have, uh, we're still working on the stewarding process and getting that cleaned up. But my man, Tyler, I know is in the chat. He's our new race director. So he's been taking charge of the whole penalty process. So we do want to make sure that competitive driving is still there while at the same time making sure it is clean driving because, you know, our F2 series we do use as a developmental series. So while people are learning at the same time, we do have to, you know, enforce some sort of etiquette. So, but we are very, we value being fair in that regard. So, but we're always uh, also trying to make sure people are learning too and having fun. So we try to align it as best as possible with the F1 series. We have a whole penalty system. We have a whole super license point system, all of that good stuff. You have as well qualifying bands, which as we'll get into later, Lando Norris is getting freakish, freakishly close to one and a race band himself, actually. But I mean, basically, like it is as close as you can get to the real deal. Like people, I, I guess, don't really give esports the credit that it deserves in some ways. But the fact that this league can exist and is self sufficient and, you know, brings people from all corners of the globe together. I think is pretty pretty special. It's something that you were striving for at the beginning. Uh, has it exceeded expectations? Oh yeah. I mean, the the one thing that has made it work is the community, the buy-in from them. I mean, everybody is so active in the Discord and talking. There is a lot of locker room talk in that Discord. So <laughs> we are, you know, at the end of the day, we are a family and we all care about each other. But of course, we gotta, you know, poke some jabs at each other and that kind of stuff. But um the community buy-in has been fantastic like so many people are always helping us out with running this league it's not just justin and i with tyler who's in the chat he's helping us out with race directing we have a bunch of people who help with stewarding with making graphics which isn't you you make the graphics but that is very true, <laughs> that is very true. um but there are a lot of people who, who help with hosting races there are a lot of people who help with just ideas and running stuff so um you know to have everyone helping us out with running the league has made it work that well so uh, and i think i did not expect to be able to have a league this large i think we have about 55 people something like that in our discord right now and we only have room for 40 to race so to be able to have more people in the discord just hanging out um it's really special to have see there's another guy who helps us out with the league sam so yeah <laughs> that's uh justin nobody cares <laughs> uh, um, I, I want to talk a little bit too about the the changes that have been made season one uh, you basically ran it through principalities uh, team principles were a big thing uh, Mercedes camp ended up dominating and the Red Bull camp you and vape up your game kind of fell off towards the end of the season uh, that's because mostly because you suck uh, you can't drive. Thanks but, for bringing it up in the power rankings, by the way. Yeah, no problem. I mean, that's... Touted yourself and put me down. Well, you know what? You know, some sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But yeah, continuing well, on my point, okay? Um, <laughs> season two, the principalities were still kind of there, but also in a non-traditional sense, we had five uh, created teams, which all had amazing logos, except for Lions, because that's the only one I didn't create. And... Um, and then season three, the change is uh, is coming again. What is it about? Uh, is it is it like you just refuse to do the same thing over and over again, or do you just like <laughs> what what is it? Yeah. So for the people who have been in hot seat since day one, know that season one, season two, and now the season three we're headed into look entirely different from one another. There is nothing the same about them. Season one, as you mentioned, we did have principles, and it was all based on realistic performance. So the the top cars in real life and real racing were the best cars. They had the best engines and then the, the worst cars had the worst engines. I can attest to that because I was stuck in an Alpha Tower. Yeah. Hey, that Atari wasn't that bad. You know, no, my teammate put bad. up a podium I mean, on that car. Yeah. But my teammate is also <laughs> literally a wizard. And also the season two champion, Marshmallow. I yeah, exactly. Here. Maybe not. He's in the process. Shout out of to Marshmallow. Yeah. He's in the process of moving. So he not, might not be here, but anyways, um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily I don't want to be always doing the same thing, but I, I mean, we're always looking for ways to improve. So if something isn't working, we want to change it and we want to fix it. So but we're also not afraid to try new things. I think we took a big gamble with the 
the custom teams and the custom paint schemes, all that kind of stuff. And I think it worked well, but we, we have a better system, I think, for season three. And, you know, we're going to we're going to make sure we fine tune the, the structure. So we're just trying to get it to a point where there is a, a solidified structure in place and the, the league runs smoothly on a year to year basis. And we can focus on some other things rather than just making sure it works, you know. <laughs> I don't think I have many more questions other than I want to kind of break the fourth wall a little bit. I want you to speak to the 13th man audience and what they should expect uh, from hot seat on our platform. And then I want to also speak myself to the hot seat audience and what they should expect from us. Yeah. So we've already started to, or I guess you have started to pump out some stuff in regards to power rankings for the season. So expect to continue seeing that kind of stuff. Um, I know we've talked about different race recaps for each weekend. You've gotten this so backwards. What do you mean I've gotten it backwards? You've gotten this backwards, my friend. You were supposed to say what, like from your end, what our audience should. Okay. I see. I understand. uh Thanks for stealing my thunder though. Well, I, I, can't, I, I got the ball rolling for you. No, you um, you but anyways, hot seat people. <laughs> um, basically, what I just want to say, I, I, I don't have much to speak to that, but um, this partnership is all about just promoting each platform at the end of the day. Um, I want to make sure that your guys' work is promoted through our stuff. Um, I want to be able to get some traffic to your site through our community. So with the stuff that I already started to mention, um, I want people to be able to, to go through our discord and also see your content. So we've already started to, to work on that kind of stuff. So, um, I know we've started to work on details for what exactly is going to be shared in there. Um, we're still working on that, but, um, yeah, honestly, at the end of the day, I just want uh, our names to be promoted between each other and expect to see 13th man sports all over hot seat. So yep. that's all I really have to say to that. <laughs> yep. And I mean, basically, uh, from our end, other than you know the the power rankings that Nick alluded to and weekend recap articles, uh, we also have an entire tab on our website now dedicated to HSRL. Uh, you can go ahead and click on it. It has, I think, pretty cool countdown timer to the opening race that will take place in Hungary season three uh, when Aston Martin takes a nice one two. Um, Aston Martin, of course, is Nick and I. That is the team. And oh, uh, so lose. no, so Nick is going to finish P two. I'm going to win a race. Yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. So the site has basically everything that you're going to need to know about the league. It has the league's description. It has a mailbox that you can sign up for should you choose to receive updates from the league. Basically, um, additionally, we're going to work on a way to try to get the uh, the, the the race streams on the website. Uh, I think that's going to be pretty cool. We'll get F1 and F2 out there if we can. Um, I had one other one too. Oh, well, I guess, yeah. And you'll just see our logo on all of the the hot seat graphics that come out as well. But um, yeah, like just should be a lot of cool equipment. Equipment. I just looked at Justin's comment (laughs) and saw equipment. Content (laughs) is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, for us on our end, at least hot seat, it's more so just about, I mean, we're going to hopefully use you guys to, to promote our name and be able to get exposure for us. But at the same time, um, be able to use your platform as an avenue for, you know, I know a lot of people want historical stats and stuff like that for different teams and kind of recaps. So to be able to use yours, that's kind of what we're, we're hoping to give the hot seat people. And, you know, at the same time, it'll generate some traffic for your guys site too. So. Exactly. Well, I think that's Thanks, enough. Justin. I appreciate it, Justin. Uh, Justin, again, nobody cares. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think that's enough about the partnership, Nick. We also uh, want to talk about the actual Formula One a little bit. And uh, you said you want to stay on for that. So Austria. I'm happy to. Austria. Let, let's, let's start with Austria. What do you think of the, the Austrian Grand Prix? Not stereo. Oh my goodness, man. There was so much going on and it wasn't even just the overtakes, but I mean, the number one story I think we all know is the penalties in that race. That was, uh, besides 
I think that race, before I go to the penalties and get on that, I think we all know Max Verstappen and Red Bull is the faster team in in this F1 series now. I think we all going to test to that, right, Frankie? I know you're Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think that's the main storyline, to be honest, with uh, Verstappen just being so much faster than everybody else. And even, like, I don't think it's just the Red Bull being faster than Mercedes because Checo has had some challenges as well. Like, I think it's pretty obvious that the, the Red Bull is faster than the Mercedes, but also, like, Lewis is faster than Checo and as well as Bottas. So it's still a two-horse race for the title, I think. But, man, if they go into uh, to uh, Silverstone and Mercedes doesn't win, it, you can pretty much wrap it up. It's done. I mean, Lewis has been making mistakes this season, guys. Lewis is a mistake-free driver, but not this season. That's right, Lauren. Let's go Max. I'm a Max fan. But at the end of the day, uh, um, I don't want to say that Mercedes has gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, for, for the podcast form listeners afterwards, Justin in our comments just said, mention Pierre Gasly or both hot seat and 13th man full. What's I will try to mention like? Pierre Gasly in a positive light. Like 10 seconds, but Gasly was kind of irrelevant in that race. Let's be real. No, Gasly, <laughs> Gasly was okay, but like, man, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that, that Alpha Tauri car. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, well, we mentioned Gasly, so that's under, that's under our belt. So we don't yeah, talk about that. Exactly. Anymore. Not Anyways, I don't think, I think this season, as far as the title hopes go, to your point, it is a two horse race between, I think, Lewis and Max, but I don't think Max putting up that much better of a fight has anything to do with like Mercedes getting worse. I mean, let's be real. Mercedes perfected the engine over the last, what, seven years? I think 2014 is when the hybrid era began. But, I mean, Red Bull has just improved. I mean, they've gotten better, and then Max is a relentless driver. So for him to continue getting better at such a young age and then for that uh, manufacturer, Red Bull and Honda, to continue making a better engine, I think that just has to do with it. They're making they're making progress, so they're putting it's- up a fight. It's hard to imagine that Honda's leaving the sport at the end of the season. They're like technically leaving, but they've just sold the right like their their engine to Red Bull. It's going to be a Red Bull engine, which makes no sense. You know, it's a Honda engine. It's a Honda engine on it. But I mean, McLaren doesn't make their own engine, and here an energy drink is going to make their own engine from here on out, technically. So I don't know. I just find that kind of funny. Um, Sam in our comments. I don't know if Shane put that one up already, but. is convinced that Lewis is going to find a way to win. And, man, I I think it's possible, but, like, they've got to figure something out with Mercedes because, like, right now they're just too slow. They don't gain time in the straightaways like they used to, and they lose time in the corners still. So it's a recipe for disaster. There's just nowhere for them to make up time right now. Well, that's the reason why Red Bull, or excuse me, why Mercedes has succeeded in these past few years. Red Bull, as we know, just was a better downforce package, and they gained time in the corners. But when it came to straight line speed, they were they were garbage. So Mercedes and even McLaren, even Renault, were better than them and, and straight line speed. But now Red Bull has got all of that. Now they got the perfect package. So Mercedes doesn't know how to top it. So, um, I mean. Uh, like I said, Red Bull is just making progress. They've been able to perfect their engine finally. And I mean, to to Sam's comment saying Lewis will find a way to win, I think he'll find a way to win a few races. Do I think he'll find a way to win the championship? I mean, I don't know. I think, honestly, it's too early to even say because I, I, I agree Lewis is – I mean, he's a seven-time champion for a reason. He knows how to freaking race, but um, he'll find a way to put up a fight, I think. But um, they got to figure their stuff out like yeah. immediately in order to keep it reasonable. And Tyler brought something up in the comments too that I think is very interesting. He mentioned that uh, Mercedes missing Das, and I think there's more to it than like than just that. I, I mean, they used that last season for warming up their tires. That was important for them to be able to do that. And now that it's gone, that break magic now has to come into play. Lewis forgets to turn it off before the start of the corner at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. And all of a sudden, here you are. You're in a situation where if he wins that race, he retakes the lead in the championship. Instead, he loses it 
And, you know, they haven't won a race since. Max Verstappen has won every single race since then. And, I mean, he won at Monaco as well. So, like, he's really pulling away with it. And it just seems that Mercedes are letting their opportunities slip away a lot more than Red Bull are right now. Well, as much as the, the DAS has to do with it, but Lewis has made more mistakes than he – I mean, he, he we're known for Lewis to, to be a mistake-free driver. And I can think of three crucial mistakes this season that he's made that has costed him chances at getting good points. The first one is at – Imola, I believe, when he spun into the to the the kitty litter there. Yeah, and he's, he's very lucky one. that he got points in that race because if you exactly. remember that session got red flagged, he was lapped. Yeah, because of the George Russell Latry incident. Yeah, that didn't happen. He doesn't score points in that race, and he ended up, I think, second or second or third. Second, he, he got on the podium. Yeah, and so he he's lucky that he was able to get there. But um, the second one I can think of is the one we were just talking about at Baku when he screwed up. And as a result, on the the launch after the the red flag, he locked his, he locked his brake. His front brake bias was at seventy five percent. There was no yeah. chance he was ever going to. There's stop. no chance of breaking. So um, there's your second one that that screws him. And then most recently at Austria, when he overshot turn one, he gets floor damage into that first corner, and it screwed his whole race. Yep. So um, they they had to team orders Valtteri Bottas in front of him. When was the last time that happened? I know you watch Drive to Survive, and it's all Valtteri exactly. getting told to pull over. So Valtteri, it's James. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Mercedes does too. I know there's a whole lot of talk with Valtteri and what's going to happen with that seat too. So yeah, and I mean Justin wants us to talk about that a little bit, but that one has been driven into the ground. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that George Russell is going to be there. I think the more interesting topic is if George Russell isn't there, could he go somewhere else? Potentially McLaren. Because Daniel Ricciardo has not been good enough this season. Simply put, his race pace is getting a lot better. And, you know, he made up a lot of positions. I think he finished P7 in Austria. But he qualified, he qualified P13. There's no reason that when Lando Norris – Lando Norris, by the way, was on pole position – before the last corner. If he would have not went a little bit wide on that corner, he would have beat Max's time. There's no reason why Daniel Ricciardo should not be able to get into Q3, Q3 every single weekend. To me, he hasn't been good enough, and I love Daniel Ricciardo. But I don't know, man. It, like If George Russell doesn't find another place to go, I could seriously see McLaren making a pitch to go bring him in and Lando Norris because that would be an electric driver's lineup, man. I can see it. I can see it. Now, I know everyone's like, well, George replaced Valtteri halfway through the season. I don't think that will happen at all. No. Just because that's that's not a Mercedes thing to do. But, um, I, yeah, I think that'll be really interesting to see if they go to McLaren. I think it'll definitely be explored. I don't know, personally, the details of Danny Rick's contract and if, they're, if that's even a consideration to let Danny Rick go at the end of the season. I don't know if he signed through this year and next year or what the deal I think is, it's a three-year contract, but even still, like if the driver's not performing, I don't see McLaren, a team that could theoretically be competing for a world championship next season. I can't see them just letting him drag the team down because Lando's put Danny Rick in his car in a backpack and he's pulling him up the mountain every single weekend. They can't have that anymore. They'll find a way to get rid of him. If they really don't want him, they'll find a way. Exactly. And you know what? Danny Rick's a good driver. I like him. I think he's a great guy, but I don't know. Just that McLaren is difficult to drive. That's obvious. And it's not working for him right now. So if they have to move on from him, I think he can find a spot elsewhere and do well. Uh, Maybe he, I don't know, goes and I don't know. I don't know where he'd go. Maybe he goes back to Alpine. Who knows? But he's a good driver. He's just not working with McLaren right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're Danny Rick, you got to pick up your stuff because Alpine definitely won't be an option because I, I, Alcon's just resigned, and then um, <laughs> he's another guy that might just never get to see that contract. Fernando, Fernando's yeah. probably not going anywhere. Let's be real. Yeah, he's so, been really good though this season. So, well, in the last handful of races, the beginning he was kind of fighting it a little bit, but I guess that's what you get when you leave Formula One for a little while. Yeah, pretty much. So, silly seasons in action, boys. It is. I, I think we'll start to see some uh, some interesting things pretty soon. Maybe, maybe Pierre Gasly heads his way over to Alpine. Who knows? Um, that's uh, that's one that we talked about. Uh, Shane wants to start wrapping it up. I don't know if there's 
any last thing that we want to touch on real quick, but unless you got one, Nick. No, I got nothing, man. Fun talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get you on eventually to talk some more Formula One with us. That's for sure. Because uh, I don't know. These are fun topics. I love them. Yeah. For real, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. And this partnership is super cool for HSRL and 13th Man Sports. We're going to continue to grow it. Do good things with it. It's good stuff. So, guys, it's been real. See ya. Deuces, buddy. Peace out, guys. See ya. Well, that was an informative talk. I think, honestly, though, like, I've been an F1 fan probably my entire life because my mom's a huge F1 fan. But because it was always on weekends, I either had – you know, football or hockey. I wasn't ever really able to get into it until recently. Yeah. Like I would follow it a little bit, but like I could really never get into it. So I'm excited for the sponsorship. Like I'm excited to kind of dive into the e-racing and whatnot. So that was nice to have him on. Maybe we'll have him on uh, as like a weekly little like 15-minute segment to recap Formula One whenever there's a race. Yeah, man. I think that we could actually do some pretty cool uh, like – streams while the actual race is happening maybe get our live reactions going i think that would be uh super super cool maybe nick can join us for that kind of stuff but i don't know maybe that'll be a hot seat thing too but uh, there's some cool things that we can explore doing this and uh it should be really fun yeah, getting some praise i mean he isn't a texan he's <laughs> fairly a canadian at some sometimes dude come actually you know what 50 percent italian Guess who's uh, going to the finals here? Yeah, guess who works down the like up the road from Little Italy? Yeah, dude, if they if they win, so I annoying. Go, I might have to go to Little Italy if they so win. So annoying. And just for you English people that I know are still in our chat, it's not coming home. Don't you worry. Italy's about to take this. So annoying. Am I? Yes, I'm related to Rocky. And no, Sam, it is not coming home. I don't know who told you that. But you're going to be awful hurt when the Italians wipe the floor with actually who who Denmark yeah the Italians will probably play Denmark in the finals I I, I presume. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, moving on from from racing. Uh, do we want yeah. to do our giveaway right here? Yeah, I mean we we can kick it off with the the giveaway and then jump into to what's been an exciting couple of weeks for okay. some teams okay. in, in the CEBL. So yeah, why don't you? Uh, why don't you get, uh, kick us off with that, and we can jump right into the CEBL recap. Okay, so here we go. Can we see the screen here? Yeah. We can. All right. So everybody's name that entered the contest is on this wheel here. Uh, you might notice that uh, – where is she? It is uh, Grey Cup Bound is on there twice, and that is because she entered on our website as well. Uh, that op that 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 was there for everybody. Everybody could have done that, but she was the only one who chose to do so. So, uh, yeah, we'll give it a spin here, Shane. In three, two, one. Oh, and the Grey Cup bound bonus entry comes in clutch. Ooh. Pretty sure she also that. won. I think she won our customized sports giveaway way back in the day too. I think so. I I really I really do. So I believe she said that she's going to get a Rattlers jersey. Well, that's so, not surprising. Yeah, but um, God, she is lucky for us. I think she also got a, a Cody Fajardo jersey yeah. kit uh, back in the day when we did that as well. So congratulations to Grey Cup Bound. We'll send you a DM after the show here. And uh, congratulations on winning a Saskatchewan Rattlers jersey, if that's what yeah. you still want. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not getting a Honey Badger's jersey. Justin wants a free one. You didn't win the contest, so you get nothing. <laughs> I mean, hey, could have entered the contest. He might have won one. He did. He did enter, but he didn't win. Oh, well, maybe you should have done the bonus entry. Yeah, if you would have done the bonus entry, you would have won. Um, but you know, it's been a, it's been an exciting week. Um, in terms of the of the CBL, uh, the Rattlers, unfortunately for for Grey Cup Bound, are zero and four right now. The Guelph Nighthawks are zero and three. Your Ottawa Blackjacks are sitting at one and four. The Niagara River Lions are two and two. The Hamilton Honey Badgers 
for the for the honey badger, honey badger fans out there, you're sitting at a four and one record, second behind the Edmonton Stingers, who are three and zero, who just came off a, a whopping of of Ottawa, and the Fraser Valley Bandits that are sitting four and zero. So, in a fourteen game season, most team the Blackjacks are one and four, five games. They could literally be eliminated in the playoffs within the next, like by the end of the week. Yeah, and you know what? There's Shane, a I good chance. I haven't had the opportunity to watch as many games as I would have liked so far just because I think that the timing of them haven't been amazing for me uh, with uh, the Canadians in the playoffs and me just being at work, which is unfortunate. But um, from the games that I have watched, even like it's been mostly Blackjacks games that I've watched, but the quality of basketball has actually been pretty solid for a league that, you know, had no training or had a small, a small training camp and no preseason games. Uh, and, you know, I've been thoroughly impressed. It's been entertaining basketball. I think Ottawa's first game, they probably missed about every second free throw they took. But it was it was an entertaining game. It was good basketball. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I've, I've basically watched almost every game I've been able to. I haven't been able to watch some of the weekend games because I've been at mm-hmm. work uh, and other things outside of work that I haven't really been able to catch all the games. I've catched more, like all of the Red Blacks one, or the Blackjacks ones. And I can tell you one thing. They continuously shoot themselves in the foot. They do. That is very, very true. Like it's even watching like the Rattlers and and some of the other teams. It's like, and again, you can you can put it on like oh bad training camp, whatever. It happens every year. There's teams that struggle when they shouldn't have, but it's just constant mistakes, missed threes, open threes, missed layups, free throws, like. The one that I noticed too, they just like, especially against when they played Niagara in the opening uh, in the opening game of the season, they refused to defend the three point line. They just gave up open three after open three after open three. And at some point, when Niagara keeps hitting them, you have to think, okay, we have to defend the perimeter here. I'm no basketball coach. I'm no genius. But when the team continuously hits what you're giving them. Maybe stop giving it to them. And, yeah, and, and not necessarily. It's not even just that. It's like you're not hitting your threes. Mm-hmm. You're dominating the paint, but you're also struggling on the defensive board. Overall, they've just been a bad team. Like, they're fun I mean, to watch. Con- yeah. like Gray, Contra Gray and Nick Ward have been the two best players for the Blackjacks. Xavier Mood in Edmonton, looking like a, like back-to-back MVPs. Like He's he going to get drafted well. to the NBA at this point, I think, to be He'll honest. he signed. He uh, he'll definitely, he's definitely going to get a contract, if not the NBA, definitely in the G League because oh, he's well, been he so exceptionally good. Yeah, he should he should get a G League contract at minimum. You know, I can see I, the Raptors giving him an offer just because. Well, he was. You know, they, they do, he he yeah. was with the nine oh five. I think he'll go back. Is my point though? But Probably. like, that's this is this is good signs for the CEBL that they can produce a player like him uh, because he's been amazing. Uh, and if he does go to the to the nine oh five again, and he and he you know finds a way to become maybe one of their better players, or even if he finds a way to get into, up to the Raptors organization, which at this point you can't scoff at because they've found ways to promote players from the nine oh five to the NBA and have them be impact players on the floor. You know Norman Powell is one of them, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet. They've had so many guys do it. I think they can do it again, and uh, that would be huge. Yeah, and I mean I've I've said it before. Um, and I think the, the, the CBL media teams are tired of me because I, con- I constantly post about it. But there is no reason why this league can't be the second best league in the like in North America within the next five years. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely not out of reach for for this league to to be in a right underneath the NBA. There's a good chance, especially if it's a summer league. You know, you're going to see a lot of talent come north. You know, the G League players who are, you know, looking for some more playing time and stuff like that. It's going to be very fun to watch. Yeah. I agree 100%. And, I mean, it's been entertaining basketball from what I've been able to watch so far. Um, I do recommend watching it. It's free to watch. You can watch it on CEBL+. Uh, They aren't paying us to plug that. I just want to see the league do well. Uh, Make a free account. You can watch the games there. If you're in Canada. Yes. If you're but, in the States, I'm pretty sure you can download CBC Sports. Or you can use uh, a VPN. That's or you can use option. a VPN to, to get it. But 
it's still like the CB CBO plus it's like seven, I think it's like $17 a month or something like that. $7 a month Yeah, for like the premium package. But overall the league's been fun to watch. They, there haven't been like, there's been some blowouts, but it, even during the blowouts, there were fun games. Well, that's the thing with the Elam ending too, I think is it kind of makes any blowout entertaining because it's not a given that a team's going to win because the fourth quarter is winding down. If the other team gets hot, you know, we've seen in the NBA before I've, we've seen 20 to four runs. They are yeah. possible. You can come back. There's no point of a game where it's impossible for you to win in the CBL, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it makes things it makes things fun. Mm-hmm. So do, you know, do we want to? I mean, we're starting to kind of. We went long with Nick, I guess. So we do still have to get to the CFL. Yeah, uh, moving on to the CFL stuff. Huge week in the CFL. What the um, hell is going on in Montreal? What What just happened today? Well, they have seven six players, players suspended. suspended. Se- seven. Seven? Well, Quad yeah, was one of them. Jason Mosley-Sagan was the other one. He retired. Today. Has he officially retired? He officially retired today. Yeah, so my understanding is that Bray is working out paperwork stuff to come over, come into the States. So he'll, he's basically just – anyone who's not in Montreal quarantine has been suspended. Interesting. Okay. Like you're, It just seems like a lot of people. Uh, I mean, if, hey, if they haven't announced that, like, I've been retired or, or what's up, like. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. But, man, there's been some big retirements. And the Red Blacks offensive line is going to be. Well, a- McMillan apparently said he's going to play. Yeah. So that's but, good. But losing Fontana and. No Fontana. No um, Mateus. Mateus. Like, well, those I, are big holes. Those I literally just, go to your center right there. Yeah. I just – they're going to have to get guys to step up. Mark Cordy is going to have to be an exceptional offensive lineman this year. Daniel just, O'Mara like, yeah. is going to have to step up. Yep. It's going to be tough. And that, that's what honestly concerns me. When I saw that many players retiring, I was like, oh, this might not be very good because Matt Nichols, as much as you don't want to admit it, has an injury history. He's not a guy that I'm comfortable seeing getting hit. You know what I mean? Like – not comfortable with anybody getting hit, but let's, you know, if it's Vernon Adams back there, I'm more comfortable with Vernon Adams taking a big shot than I am Matt Nichols or Zach Caleros. That's just how that is. Those guys have been injured before, but you know, that's going to be interesting. And it's not just the Red Blacks. It's teams around the league that have had retirement problems so far, but I think, I think Ottawa has been hit the, the, the hardest, the hardest and in the same position over and over and over and over again. And I mean, yeah. losing Brad Sinopoli too, that hurts. Because that is one of your guys that you're going to look to under pressure to say, okay, where's if you if you see a guy in your face, where's Brad? That's where I'm throwing the football. That's gone now. So you're going to need yeah. somebody to step up and be that. Can Nate Bahar do that? I don't know. Maybe. I love Nate Klukas. Bahar. Maybe he can. Klukas seems to me, though, with that 4-3-40 speed, which, by the way, is ridiculous. I'm so happy to see him in Ottawa. He's more of a vertical threat, I'd say. Yeah, so we'll I feel like he's going to – I think he's going to be like a Craig Ellingson type guy. But yeah. You know, who I, you know who Craig I am? Craig wasn't that fast. Nobody was shifty. You could he get was. loose. Yep. I you know who I'm excited to see in Ottawa? Former Carlton Raven Mitch Rapper. Drafted by Edmonton, released. And I said when he got released that he could make his way back to Ottawa. You did and call that? And behold, he did. He's a guy who – you look at Anthony Coombs and what Anthony Coombs can be. Look at Brandon Galanders. He, he's kind of that same mold, and I'm really excited to see how he's used in Ottawa's system under La Police. I agree. And I think it's, it's going to be interesting, too, because, I mean, as a fullback, you might see a little bit more traditional fullback usage from the Red Blacks this year to kind of make up for that lost offensive line, I'd say. Uh, just throwing somebody else out there who can help block might be important for them. Um, I don't know. I think it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting season, especially. I mean, I use Brendan Glanders as one of my storylines in that f- one storyline to watch for each team article, where he's probably going to be your running back one this year. Can he? Uh, him and Flanders, that? yeah, yeah. But Flanders, as we already know, is going to be used more as a receiver than at a running back position. I think if he runs the ball, it'll be more out of like non traditional. Sets, Maybe. whether it's throwing it the ball to him in a screen position or, uh, you know, having him 
kind of bootleg around. I feel and, like we're uh, going to we're going to see double backs a lot. I agree. I feel like I this so. is going to be a, uh, an offense that has a lot of double backs. Unfortunately, I'm interested to see what happens in Toronto. A lot of talent in Toronto. A lot yep. of players, and they that, just signed Ricky Collins, correct? Yeah, Ricky Collins and another player that I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of talent in Toronto that could end up being cut. And that's that's it. Like even if you look deeper down the lineup too, it, maybe it's not a superstar. Maybe it's not, uh, you know, like a, a a judge that gets cut. Maybe it's a guy like Bear Woods. But what's what what kind of a difference maker could Bear Woods be somewhere else? You know, and it might it might be one of those kind of depth position guys that end up getting cut that make a difference to somebody else because they're just not good enough to be the the top tier level that the Argos will need them to be to stay on the roster, but they could be good enough to fill a role somewhere else. And I mean, prime example, Bear Woods gets cut. What if he goes to Saskatchewan? What kind of a gap can he fill there? He could he could join Larry Dean. Exactly. And I mean, you've got Justin and Jordan Herdman Reed over there as well, but you know, that's not judge. Yeah. I mean, Toronto, in my opinion, Toronto and Hamilton are the favorite, like the favorites to come out of the East, no matter how you slice it. I just, I think it's, it's Hamilton's to lose. I mean, until they prove that they aren't the number one, I think I have a hard time giving it to anybody else. But that quarterback battle, as I said in the article, if you don't get that right and you come out and you lose the first two games, and I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but if you don't get it right with a 14-game schedule, that could put you behind the eight ball right away. And Steinhauer has said that it's going to be an open competition. I yep, it should be. They, it absolutely should be. They're not going to continue. They're not going to care much about the money. Uh, who's getting paid more? It's going to be straight competition. Yep. And we're not going to be on before training camp start on Saturday again. Give me your prediction right now. Who's coming out of that camp as the Tiger Cats starting quarterback? I think it's Mazzoli. I do too. And this isn't no issue to like uh, to Evans. It's just I feel like Mazzoli's a better quarterback right now. I like I think he brings more to the to the game. But again, I could be wrong, and they could go with Evans. I think the way that Evans gets this job is by Mazzoli winning it originally, but losing it early in the season. Because uh, I, or, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe the two years off hurts Mazzoli, but helps Evans. I don't know. I, I just, I don't really see Evans going into that battle and winning it. I don't know what it is, why I feel like that. I just think Mazzoli's winning it. I mean, that's a fair assessment. I think a lot of people have Mazzoli winning it. Personally, my my interest is Calgary. Calgary's my interest. Like, you have a lot of new pieces on that offense. Yep. You know, you have a relatively depleted defense. Bo Levi's going to need to be, like, MOP caliber all year. He cannot falter. Yeah. Do you doubt him, though? Do you think he can do that? Oh, 100% he can. Yeah, I think that's like I think, in Bo's DNA to just be I great. think the two things that Calgary has going for them is Bo and their O-line. Yeah. Their O-line's solid. They lost like Bergman and whatnot, but they're, they they still have some very good pieces on O-line. So if they can get the protection in the pocket, you can only keep receivers covered for so long. Yeah, and I mean, Bo they do. going to find somebody. They do have some decent players out there too. I, I listed in the article. I'm just going to pull it up so I can use that as a reference point here. But – they have decent talent out there that I think could work out for them. You know, they just got to find a way to tap it. And there's, you know, the guys that I listed, Kamar Jordan, Marquis Ambles, Josh Huff, Herji Mayala. I think there is enough talent there to, to do well. Do I think they're going to be better than, uh, you know, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg? I think Winnipeg is the big one. Uh, I think Edmonton's another big one if Trevor Harris can be consistent, which, as we know, is a struggle. But I wouldn't be surprised to find Calgary sitting in the number three spot at the end of the season. See, I probably, but I also don't think Saskatchewan's going to be the top three. 
Yeah, but I mean, also, like, BC is a contender for that spot. I think Saskatchewan can contend for that spot. And Edmonton and Winnipeg on paper are far better than Calgary. You can probably even throw BC into that one. But I think Calgary is that one wild card that I think they're either going to be a lot better than people expect or they're going to be terrible. Yeah, I have a, I'll take the, the latter and say that they're going to be a lot better than people expect. That's what I think too. It's just you know, but I also I, think Michael O'Reilly. That's we're so weird. That's still so weird to say, Michael O'Reilly. Like I, I think he wants to be called Michael. Yeah, did you not see? I didn't see that. Yeah, he wants to be called Michael O'Reilly because of uh, his mom. His I think his mom died in March, and she always hated the fact that people called him Mike. So I didn't know in, that. In honor of his mom. He wants to be called Michael, which I have no issue with. I, I will call yeah, him Michael. I'll, I'll call him Michael. But it's like, it's weird saying it because you're so used to calling him Mike. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that was happening. So I don't know if I said it or not this episode, but if I did, then I'll try not to say it again. Yeah. like, But I think Michael Riley is going to have a bounce back year under a Campbell team. But Interesting to say that too because <laughs> – Rick Campbell's kind of a interesting piece, right? I think we both agree. He, he's a boomer bust coach right now. I, he, I agree. He's such a player's coach, though, that it could really benefit Riley. It could. But, like, if he falters, like, let's say they miss the playoffs. Like, let's say they, they miss the playoffs. What what kind of – what does that paint Campbell, though? Because everyone good. in Ottawa – Not good. Because everyone in Ottawa was like, oh, you know – Injuries and, and people were blaming Desjardins for last, like the 2019 season, and this and the other thing. Are they going to blame COVID and a shorted training camp? Even though yeah. everyone has had the same, especially if Edmonton does better. And I mean, like not just like a game or two better, like substantially better. Yeah. Than yeah. Calgary or you than BC. Though, the coach that I'm the most worried about this season is not Rick Campbell. Jamie Elizondo. See, I'm not. I, You know what? I think Edmonton fans, I've said this before on this show, you better get ready for out wide runs and you better get ready for swing passes on second and long because that's what you're going to get with Jamie Elizondo. Maybe, and, maybe. But, like, to be fair, was that really Elizondo? Because if you I watch so. him in but if you watch him in Toronto, he didn't utilize that swing pass as much. We're going to have to wait. I, I mean, it's going to be a wait and see. But I just – I never I have a feeling that swing pass is Campbell more than Elizondo. I don't know. I Maybe. But it didn't really get used in 2019. It got used more – it got used early in the season, and then they realized that we can't continue well, to do it because we had no deep threat. Part, part of the reason why they kept doing it was because it was the only pass that they could possibly complete with a hope and help. Sure. They, if they wanted to throw the ball deep – it was, it was not going to be completed because either A, the quarterback couldn't get it there, or B, the receiver that they were throwing it to had hands made of concrete cinder blocks. So, so I, uh, I don't know really what to believe there. I think in the instance where nobody can catch a ball past negative four yards down the field, you kind of have to. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But honestly, my, my thing to watch, like if I'm going to pick a coach to watch, it's Dinwiddie in Toronto. You have That's all this talent. Well. You have yeah. all this talent. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to execute it? What's how? How are you going to win with this team? You have so much talent, and you've never been an OC in the CFL. You're jumping from quarterbacks coach to head coach, which I don't agree with. I think that's stupid. But hey, if they win, they win. So I can't like I can't complain it. Or I can't argue if they win. But personally, I don't like it. I, I think the the Dinwiddie signing is questionable at best sometimes. I mean, what was the alternative? I think if they could have got Lapalise, I think that's definitely the route they would have wanted to go. They could have. They signed Dinwiddie before the Ottawa signed Lapalise. It's also possible that Lapalise knew what the Red Blacks were giving him before then. Maybe. And the Argos backed out. But I think that probably would have been a better way for them to go, especially with – like it, it almost doesn't make sense. <laughs> The way that they ditched Matt Nichols to get Nick Garbuckle with a quarter uh, a head coach with no experience. You know what I mean? Like, I think the pairing between Lapalise and Nichols is going to be a lot better than the pairing between Dinwiddie and Arbuckle, just because there's a lot more experience in the Ottawa locker room. 
Well, yeah, I think, and that's huge. Like, I personally, if I was Toronto, I would want to keep Nichols. Yeah. Like, I agree. And, I, and, I, and I'm kind of interested to see how that works out because you have a rookie head coach, you have a rookie, a rookie starting quarterback, but you have all this talent around. You know, you he's there's a lot of familiarity. You know, you have Eric Rogers, you have Juan Breskison, you have Cordero Law, you have Charleston Hughes. You have Cameron Judge. You have familiarity within the locker room. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I don't know. Toronto, Toronto's going to be such a hitter, like a bust, like a hitter. It's going to be a boomer bust for Toronto. I yeah, and I think they're going to be at worst, what a seven and seven football team. Oh, I think I think, I, I think if, if they're gonna flame, they're gonna be like four and and ten. I think no, I, I don't know, man. I I think that at, they play they like gets, Hamilton like four times, right? That's yes, that is that's against them too. But I think if it gets really really bad, McCod Bethel Thompson goes in, and I think McCod Bethel Thompson. Is if, a I think if they lose, if they lose the series against Ottawa, they're not gonna be a seven and seventeen. That's yeah, that's true. But do you see them losing the series against Ottawa? Yes. Okay. Well, I guess my points up in smoke, but <laughs> I <laughs> like I, I, I I'm very I I do like McCall Bethel Thompson a lot. If it comes to the point where he has to go in, I'm not saying their football team's gonna be better, but I think he's gonna probably calm things down a little bit. I see Arbuckle being a little bit amateurish or you know, looking like a rookie almost where he looks brilliant on some plays, and then he comes out and he makes a poor, uh, ill-advised interception or a bad throw. Uh, but I don't think MBT does that. You know, I think he stabilizes your football team a little bit. I, I he don't like him. He doesn't make you better, but he's not going to lose you football games. I feel like he would. I feel like he – there's yeah, a no, good you chance. Hate Bethel Thompson, though. I would hate him. Do. I don't. I think he's a you great guy. No, you hate I him. I think you he's a fantastic a football guy. I just don't see what you see in him. I like him. I, I think it's a, he's a good stopgap quarterback. You know, maybe a, he, he reminds me a lot of Fitzgerald. But that's that's exactly what I'm, I'm saying, right? When, But I wouldn't start Fitzgerald more than three games in a row. Fitzpatrick, that's why you threw me for a loop. Uh, when Fitzpatrick comes into the game, though, I don't think anybody's thinking, damn, this guy's going to lose me the football game. Yeah, I think he gives you three starts, and then you start questioning. Yes, yes, but and, that, and that's how I look at Bethel Thompson. I'm like, if you're gonna it, if you're gonna put him in, you have three games before he starts with the game, caught like making mistakes that cost you the game. I look. I think MBT is the best backup quarterback in the league, and I think he's a fringe starter. Behind, okay, are you saying that he's better than Evans or Mazzoli? Those guys are both starting quarterbacks in my brain. I don't even like count those guys at this point, to be honest with you, because at this point, who's the backup there? True, but one of them will be a backup. Eventually. But right now, I think, you know, honestly as well, I, I think both Evans and Mazzoli after this season are going to split. They'll both be starting quarterbacks somewhere. Um, MBT is, is a true and true, a through and through backup quarterback. He, that's his role on a football team. I think he's the best one in the league. And then I think you start to look at guys like um, Dominique Davis, you know, like that just are stuck in that role. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Camp opens up on Saturday. We're under a month away from an actual football game. If you're interested in the Red Blacks too, I'll be at camp on Saturday. So give me a follow on Twitter. I might take a trip down on Sunday with a little one. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, the camera. Maybe we vlog it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll take the little one down for a trip Sunday morning. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll see, see what there. happens. We'll see you there. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll plan it. We'll figure it out. Um, but overall, like I think the CFL season is on the way. There's a lot of storylines. We'll be covering it all. Uh, might have some more episodes throughout the week instead of just the one because of it. Yep. But, you know, I think that wraps up this episode of the 13th Man Sports Live Show covering the CFL, CBL, racing, and everything in between. 
Uh, remember to check out our Redbubble site if you want any of our merch. We appreciate uh, to support us through this. Help us put some money back into the show, uh, back into the product. We would appreciate it. Links will be in the description below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're watching this on uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can head over to our YouTube channels or our, our website and you can see it there. Uh, and yeah, I think that, that's all. You can follow me at Shannon underscore Rye13 uh, and Frankie at Frankie underscore Benvo. 13th Man Sports, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our website, obviously, at 13thmansports.ca. And we'll catch you back here next week on the brand new episode 730. You won't want to miss it. We got some more CFL stuff. Stay safe. Enjoy your weekend. And hey, CFL football training camps open up on Saturday. So you will want to check out our Twitter page because we will be updating it then. Let's go, Italy. No. Yeah. No. See you later, guys. Mm-hmm.